Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I am your host and I am so excited. Okay, so we had this thing in Orlando, Tim Story, Gloria Mayfield Banks, they were there, they were speaking. Tim Story's like, hey, um, I got a couple of friends coming. Um, I want you to meet them. And I met this woman. Her name is Rebecca Black. She is a freaking rock star. So listen, do yourself, all of your friends and your entire family, a humongous favor and share this out right now so they can all absorb this information. You're not going to believe this lady. She's a rock star. So stay with us. We'll be right back. And we're back. I am ready to bring Rebecca on. Let me bring her on. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Ken, it is so great to be here coming in from sunny Florida. It's a beautiful day out today. Beautiful. I'm sure it is. I love Florida. I don't know that I can live there. Why not? I don't know. It just seems humid. Well, it is. It is. It is. Like today, I have naturally curly hair, but I blew it out today. And I'll probably be inside the majority of the time for the next three days because when you blow your hair out in Florida, the humidity will wreck it, especially if you have curly hair. I don't know what that, what it, what's the blowout thing? I don't even know. Where you blow dry it straight. Oh, I do that every day. Do you? Um, no. No. <laughs> No, every time I get a haircut and they bring out the blow dryer, I'm like, what are you, what, what are you doing? You yes. trying to just make me feel good? Like it's You're styling your hair, Ken, you got to put some <laughs> gel in there. You got to, you got to organize it. You got to organize right. that hair. Got to organize the four pieces left. <laughs> so, so Rebecca, I met you in Orlando at our mm -hmm. event that we had down there and, um, I just loved your energy outside of you wanting to push me into a swimming pool. I loved your energy. <laughs> In all fairness, I think that was not me. I have video footage of this here. Oh, do you really? I really do. I was trying to take oh, video footage of oh, Nick and Tim uh, <laughs> doing their uh, gift exchange thing. And yeah. it was either you or it was Craig who said, we should throw Rebecca in the pool. I I'm going to send you was, the video, Ken. That wasn't me. I don't think I would have. That's kind of aggressive. I don't feel like that would have been me. Yes. Yeah. And my hair was straight that day too. So I just started immediately having heart palpitations <laughs> that my hair was going to be curly and turn frizzy. I didn't have my hair products with me. Oh my Lord, have mercy. So listen, this is, this is my um, anniversary month for this show. Um, five years. Wow. Congratulations. Years. Is that crazy? That is crazy. Um, so, you know, I started this probably because I was stuck at the time. And I thought, you know, if I just hear enough other people talk about how they got unstuck and made it, maybe I'll figure it out. And guess what? It worked. Um, so, you know, talk about 
if you would, let's start with where you were born and raised. Tell everybody where it all began for you. Okay. So it all began for me. I was born in Jackson Hospital in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, I am a middle child. I have um, an older sister who is 22 months to the day older than me. And then I have a little sister who is five years younger than me. So I was born there in rural Alabama. I mean, I tell people there were 26 people in my graduating class. Uh, and so, I mean, like you can see like how small it was. 26. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. Yes. And listen, I think that's why I'm such a private person because that has kind of like, I'm very community based, but I'm a very private person as, as well. And, um, kind of growing up between Florida and Alabama, you know, my, my mom's family, pretty much all of them uh, born and raised and all still in um, that particular area of Alabama, which we affectionately refer to as LA, which stands for lower Alabama. (laughs) And uh, a good part of my dad's family is still there as well. But my dad was actually born and raised in Florida. Oh, wow. He joined uh, the army. And then when he got out of the army, his mom and dad had moved to Alabama to care for his mother's uh, parents and to, you know, work the homestead yeah, and uh, lots of land and all of the things that go with that. And so that's where him and my mom met. And so him and my mom met, they got married, older sister came along, then I came along and then uh, we ended up moving to Florida where little sister was born. So what part of Florida did y'all move to? We moved to the part that I am in now, Central Florida, right? Oh. Like in uh, 45 minutes east of Orlando. Okay. Wow. Yes. So you're over, you're closer to the the Atlantic Ocean then. I am. I am. Okay. So I'm actually yeah. directly on the Indian River here. Okay. I don't know where that is, but I'll take your word for yes. it. Yes. <laughs> like, so you have the Atlantic Ocean, Banana River, Indian River. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Got it. There's your, there's your geography lesson for the day. And don't Thank ask you. much more about geography because I, <laughs> you give me a state, a, a map of all the states and ask me to fill them in. I'm not going to be able to fill in over half of them. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So, so you, um, you, you graduated though from Alabama. I, I high school. So K through sixth grade, I did here in Florida and then did, um, I think half of six through 10th back up in Alabama. And then my junior year, we moved back here and I graduated from Rockledge High School here in Rockledge, Florida, where I live now. But there were more than 26. There were more than 26 people in in, uh, Rockledge High School. I think there were over like 300 Oh, okay. okay. And so let me tell you. So the first day that I showed up to uh, my junior year of high school at Rockledge High, I remember looking at all of the people in their cute shorts and their and their sundresses. And I was like, oh my goodness, you'd be sent to the principal's office in, in Alabama because Alabama is very, very, very conservative. You know, like, right. Like, so imagine this, if you stand up and you put your hands down by your side, if you're if any part of your fingers touched your legs, your shorts were too short. So you essentially had to wear like Bermuda shorts. So fast forward yeah. to Florida and now you're in like, you know, Daisy Dukes. And I'm thinking like, 
if my grandmother was here, she would put all these people on the prayer list. <laughs> <laughs> my 12 year old. So we just moved to Texas. And so we're in North Texas and my 12 year old daughter is like, got this attitude about it. Like, cause they're very conservative here. And, and she's like, she's look, my wife's on here. No shorts are allowed. Period. No oh, shorts. Dang. Yeah. And That's my daughter's even... like, it's not like I want to wear booty shorts. And I'm like, what is that? I don't even know what that is. Like, what are you talking about? Stop it. Yeah. So, so I, I like the fact that we're in a very conservative school system. They're teaching the children respect mm -hmm. and manners and mm -hmm. all the stuff that I really think is needed in, yes. in today's world. Um so, so, okay. You, you go back to, um, Florida in, in your junior year mm -hmm. and you, um, it's a different world, obviously. Yeah. Um, how did things go for you? Because you come from very extremely conservative to that, which is a little more, um, you know, what's free, I guess. Yeah. I don't know what the word is. Um, but how did that, how did that go for you? Well, I think that is like one of the, the major pivots in life, really. I mean, because when you go from such a conservative um, background, which I am super thankful for, I'm all about respect. I'm all about manners, morals, and ethics. Um, when you go from something like that to something where you used a great word, where it's so free, you really learn, at least for me, the power of choices. And so you mm -hmm. learn, you know, whereas in, in Alabama, you know, everybody is pretty much like-minded. You know who the good kids are. You know who the bad kids are. You know who you're allowed to hang out with and you know who you're not allowed to hang out with. Right. And moving here you don't really know. And so right. you have a choice to make where, you know, are you going to start hanging out with the bad kids or the good kids? Are you going to get on a good path? Are you going to get on a bad path? And I think that was really one of the, the major moments of my life where I realized like, oh, hey, like this is how choices can affect you and the direction of your life, the right. rest of your life. And so it was a, it was a big adjustment. Um, it took me really a few years to kind of like get my feet under me. So to, so to speak. Um, but I'm just, I'm super thankful that I've had, that I've had both extremes because it has served me well and it allows me to kind of look at things that come at me with a yeah. different lens. Like I don't get too upset or too ruffled up about hardly any thing. I mean, you will, you will find that I'm like a very direct person. I'm a very private person. I keep yeah. everything in, in its lane. And I really contribute it to, um, to that major, major pivot yeah. there. So you graduated from a high school in Florida. Yep. We won't even meant that's how private you are. We're not even going to talk about the name of the high school. Yeah. Um, I already did. Oh, did you? I missed <laughs> I that. Did. I'm That's okay. I'm, I'm running all the controls too. So I may miss little tiny things here and there. That's but, okay. But did you end up going to college? 
I did end up going to college. Um, which so was where? Which was in Gainesville, Ken. Gainesville. Okay. So listen to this story. This is so funny. Okay. So when we moved here from Alabama, mm-hmm. you know, my parents were not, uh, not the richest people on the face of the earth at all. And uh, we did not have, you know, a lot. And so it was our church family here. Coincidentally, the church that my dad was born and raised in um, our church family here who kind of gave us, you know, clothes so that we like really kind of like fit in. And so there was no money for like cars. There was no money for college or anything like that. And so, so hold was, on. Whoa, 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 yeah. whoa, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> You're you nobody had a car. Your mom and dad didn't have a car. Mom's, mom, mom and dad had a car because they had oh. to get to work. Yes. But as far as us having cars, oh. like I like I graduated high school still really without a car. Yeah. You know, one that wow. it might work sometimes, but it didn't work other times, you know. And yeah. uh and, and wow. again, like I'm still super thankful for that. You know, I told that story to someone the other day and I said there was this lady in our church and I I never knew who the mother of the granddaughter was, but she gave us these clothes in school and it was like Ann Taylor loft. And it was the first time that you're getting to feel like linen and silk. And I just remember how good it made me feel. And I remember how it made me feel like, like I kind of fit in with these people that I really don't know all that well. Granted, I had my church family and because we had been here previously um, in our childhood and we were still connected to that same church family, we still had that little core group of, of people. But I, I tell the story all the time. Like I graduated on a Friday and on Sunday at Sunday dinner, which is actually lunch in our house. I told my parents, cause I was 18 at this point. I said, I'm moving to Gainesville. Now, Ken, I didn't have, I didn't have a car or anything, but I had already transferred my job. I had gotten a job at Sears Roebuck and Company. Oh, whoa. <laughs> you just dated yourself. Oh my yes. gosh. Yes. What? Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. Working in the women's department. So college wow. for me, um, I had qualified for the 75% Florida Bright Futures scholarship. So right. that paid for a good bit of my um, of my tuition and books. So I was responsible for the remaining 25%. And luckily I was in a place that had um, student housing. So, you know, there's four rooms and everybody rents the room inside of the house. And it was like $416 a month or something like that. And so, um, I took myself to, to college, uh, and worked, worked practically full-time to be able to pay for rent. And, uh, the parents would help me buy ramen noodles. And I told my mom this, I said, mom, I don't know if I ever told you this, but, I would go McDonald's used to do like the 59 cent cheeseburgers and I would go and buy like 10 of them and I would eat one that day and then I would freeze them so that I could have cheeseburgers on other days of the week whenever, whenever I wanted them. So yes, I did do, um, two years at Santa Fe community college. And then I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, um, for a bachelor's degree. And honestly, Ken, I still to this day, haven't figured that out. I'm 40 years old, have not figured that out. Um, but I went into the corporate America workforce after, after that. And, uh, after I did that, I ended up going to hair school, which unlocked the world of entrepreneurship for me. 
Okay, so let's let's back up a little bit. First mm -hmm. off, I have a in our pantry. I have an entire shelf dedicated to ramen noodles. Oh, my wife thinks I'm crazy. I'm like, I because I just first off, I love them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Second, yeah. it it keeps me it keeps me um, in check. Yeah. I, I, I just because I, I I remember when that was all I could eat, and I was I felt blessed to have those yes. little tiny square packets of those daggone ramen noodles. Um, so, but I do, I have them every now and then I'll, I'll make some, I, I think yeah. that, um, it's probably not the healthiest thing in the world, but it, uh, it sustained me for a while. So yeah. well done. I, listen, I think that it's like, I told my daughter, I said, she, she was talking about when she turned 16 and gets a car. And I said, you better start saving your money and quit going to Lululemon every time you get a hundred dollars. Yes. And, and she's like, why? And I go, cause you, I'm not buying your first car for you. That ain't happening. You're buying your car. Yes. And she's like, what? And I'm like, you're buying your first car. I had to buy my first car. You're buying your first car. I may help her get it or whatever, but yes. I'm not, I'm, she's going to earn, she's going to earn her own, like, what it was, I think Shakespeare that said the greatest disservice we we give our children is to steal away their hunger, mm, and and yes, right. And I think that it, that's so important. And you've been given that gift. Yes, and I get annoyed when I see people who don't want to do the work. Uh, and uh, I mean, like, I, I think that it is we've become such an entitled society, in my opinion that there are a large number of, of people here that just are like there with their hands out. And it's like, wait a second, people, you know, you, you have to work for it. And then when the people who do work for it, whenever they get something and they achieve any kind of success, well, you better start drinking the haterade because everybody's going to start hating on you. Yeah. And then it's like, Ooh, wait a second. Now I got to shift yeah. the, the people that, that I'm around, you yeah. know? And so I think it's important to, to stay humble, remember where you came from yeah. and remember what it took. And when you see someone else succeeding in life, just imagine what their backstory looks like, because yeah. Success does not come easily. It does not come easily. And it doesn't come to people who are always given a silver spoon. It comes to people like you and it comes to people like I who do the work day in and day out. We set our mindset in the yep. right place. We get around the right people. We do the right things and yep. we cultivate. We cultivate our success. Yep. And we're going to get into that for sure. Cause like you, I don't know the, the association with Tim, but mm -hmm. you're obviously doing some work with Tim and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, um, <clears throat> Tim's story, by the way, is who I'm talking about for anybody listening. Um, but the, so you get out, you graduate or not, you, you get out of college. You didn't get the four-year degree. You got the mm -hmm. two-year, two-year associate's degree. Um, and you said you got into corporate America from there. What, what was that? And, and like, wh why, why? <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> because I did not come from entrepreneur parents oh, and who yeah. were like, and so they're like, 
get a job, you know, yeah, right. get a job. So yep. funny yep. enough, uh, one of my college professors, I was taking a class called microcomputer applications and, uh, he was the engineering supervisor at a very large boat manufacturer. And he says, Hey, you are like really good in class. And it, I am wondering if you would like to come be my uh, executive assistant. And so I was I'm thinking to myself, heck yeah, like I need a job. And he's like, I think I started out at like $12 an hour or something nice. like that. And listen, I was just so happy to have a job. And I'm like, yes, I'm going to be working 40 hours a week, $12 an hour. I am killing it. Right. <laughs> right. Because when, I mean, that's more money than I had been making and I was yep. working more hours and I got insurance and I got the whole nine yards. And Hold then, it. Did you get a 401k? Yes. 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 Hallelujah. Yes. So so you were slaying it at 12 bucks an hour. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, though, when you look back at that, like there's something very sentimental, nostalgic about that time. Like, cause you're really, oh. it's like the beginning of your life lessons. Yes. 100%. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like because, how to manage $480 a week before taxes. <laughs> you got that right. And guess what? You learned that you can't really do it. You can't really, you're like, dang, but I have a 401k and I have insurance. So there's that. And, and listen, it's so funny. So I ended up staying in corporate America for like five years. I ended up getting raises. I think I capped out like right around $20 an hour. And this was another moment in my life where, where I pivoted because I was like, I started looking at all of the people around me and I was working in the engineering department as the document controller. I had worked on some lean six Sigma projects, you know, streamlined the process for all of these red lines to these engineering blueprints of these massive yachts. And, um, I was looking at all of the people around me and I was like, okay, these people have families like these people are the CAD drafters. These people are like the CNC machiners. You have the engineering supervisor. We have all the engineering techs and these people are supporting families. And I don't think they're making much more money than me. And I know I'm struggling to make my rent payment and my car payment. Right. And I'm like, sister friend, you have to make a pivot. You're going to have to start doing something different. And so I started, um, I started researching and I, I'd always been passionate about hair. Um, I didn't do it right out of high school because I listened to someone who told me that I was too smart to be a hairdresser and mm. that I should go to school. So I listened. That's what I'm telling you. It's, it took me a few years, but I was listening to the wrong people. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so at that point when I realized like, Hey, this is like, yes, I have a 401k. Yes. I have insurance. Yes. I'm able to work 40 hours a week. Yes. I'm making now $20 an hour, but I was realizing that I was still coming up short and I was like, I don't want to live like this. This is not what fun and this is not what life looks like to me. Um, I want to be able to go to the grocery store and not worry that I only have a $75 budget for groceries. Right. And so, you know, that's whenever I, uh, I started shifting my mindset into, into growth. And that's when I made the decision to, to go to hair school 
And uh, so whenever I went to go quit my job at this corporate company, by the grace of God, we had a corporate um, a corporate person who was there. There was some restructuring that was that was going on, and I had presented the HR department um, probably two weeks prior. Yeah, because I was coming up to like the last three days of my two week notice that I had turned in. Because I had turned my two week notice in, and I was going to start bartending because I knew that I could go to school during the day and work at night and still make enough money to pay my rent, to pay um, to pay my car payment, and put groceries on the table. So I turned my two week notice in and the corporate guy came down and um, in his analysis, he's like, I understand that you're leaving us at the end of this week. And I said, yes, I am. And he says, well, would you consider staying? And I said, well, I already sat down and talked to HR about that. And they told me that they don't make any exceptions, even though in the employee handbook here, it says that you can work 25 hours a week. Um, I said, and I offered to work 25 hours a week and she told me that they make no exceptions. And he says, well, if I can get the exception for you, will you stay on? Wow. And I said, yes. I said, yes, I will stay on. And so my life then went to, I had to change my work schedule to work from 5.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Monday through Friday to go to school from 12.30 to 8 p.m. The whole time I went to hair school. And that was a year long. Holy, Okay. Listen up, everybody. That's called work. <laughs> right? Yes. Like, yes. that's serious work. That doesn't even count. Like, oh, yeah, I had to eat. Um, there, You know, I had to take five minutes to stuff down some ramen noodles. Yeah. Um, and then then probably some study time, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And then, oh, that's right. You have to, you know sleep every now and then. Yes. That's, that's what it takes. That's the yeah. American dream right there. Yeah. That's not having anything handed to you. No, that is, that is you do the work, you show up, you put yourself in the right places with the right people doing the right things yep. and success will follow. It may take you some time, yep. but success will follow. And you are never more than one pivot away from making any change in your life. It is that you want to make. Amen. Amen. And amen. And the whole church said, amen. Amen. So, so <laughs> I, I know I love this about you that you, you, um, you were never given anything. You're mm -hmm. not entitled. You went out and busted your rear end to make it happen. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. So you went to, um, cosmetology school. I did. Um, in Florida. Mm-hmm. And you graduated and mm -hmm. then you passed the licensing test, state licensing. Um, where did you go from there? Did you quit that other job and go full time into, into cosmetology? Well, I didn't quit that full-time job until I was able to go full-time in the salon. So because one thing that they don't tell you about um, cosmetology school is that once you do your classes, once you graduate, once you pass your board exam and you are fully licensed, you can cut, you can color, you can do chemical services, you can do manicures, you can do pedicures, you can do hair, you can do the whole nine. Yep. What they don't tell you is that even though you just finished that year of training, all the hours, uh, 
you're no longer working on mannequins. Like you're working on real people with real hair. And if you cut a hole in somebody's head, you know, you are in big trouble. You know, you dealing yeah. with somebody's crocodile tears because you have messed up their hair. That right. is a bad thing, my friend. And so I was <laughs> scared to death to, um, to, to cut hair. And uh, listen, God love my mama. She, has, she's been my guinea pig with like everything. And so I was like, I was like, mom, I really need to, to learn how to like cut, cut around ears. And so she had short hair at the time and Ken, I cut her hair for the first time and cut a big piece of her ear off. at the <sighs> top. I mean, like, then now my hands are shaking and I'm like, I didn't cut short hair for a long time. You after cut that. her ear? Like kidding, like bleeding, like blood's coming down. Like here's paper towels. Like the it's it's too much for the paper towels. Like let's go get the actual salon towels. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so I was, um, I was super scared, but I did. I So I assisted for uh, like the first three years of my career and I didn't really start accepting clients until probably being like a year into being fully licensed and assisting and just learning. Cause there's so what, what they don't tell you is that there's so much geometry and there's so much chemistry in hair. They just don't tell you about that. Um, you are cutting straight lines on round objects. Okay. And everybody's hair, everybody's it's head different. is a different shape. So you may learn on that mannequin, one particular haircut and you use those same angles on somebody. And guess what? It looks completely different. You're giving people mullets. Now they're cool now, but they weren't cool back in 2006. <laughs> they weren't, they weren't cool then. So. <laughs> oh my Lord. I, and then you throw, cause I, I'm really weird about, and I, even though it's thinning like crazy, that's the gel I'm putting in is making it look thin, but um, you know, I have calyx, like I have yeah. like three or four calyx and, and so it's gotta be the right person or they, I don't know how many times I've walked out going, oh my God, I gave her a tip, but I'm never coming back. Yes. <laughs> never, yes. never, ever, ever going yeah. back to that woman. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's, um, it's, I can see where, where it could get, um, a little, hairy, so to speak. a little hairy, so to speak. A little hairy, so to speak. It can. God, but funny. you know what, Ken? Whenever I whenever I started assisting, um, I set a goal for myself that within five years of being licensed, I wanted to own my first salon. I wanted to be a salon owner for the first time. Oh, wow. And so I worked very diligently. And as a shampoo girl, like I was I had decided that I was going to be the best shampoo girl and the best assistant that the stylist that I worked for had ever seen. And so I learned all their client names. I learned their, their color formulation. So whenever I saw, you know, Miss Susie walk in, I had her four in and four GB ready to go. I'm like, he's wow. going to be ready for you. in just a second, let me grab you a coffee. Let me grab you a glass of champagne. Would you like some water? Uh, I, I learned how to serve my clients from there mm. and the tips that I made from there, I saved all of my tips so that at the end of the five years, after I've started establishing a clientele, cause it was probably between year three and five where I started establishing my clientele and learning wow. the art of getting uh, an established book of clientele. Um, 
I made my dream happen. And I partnered with two beautiful, amazing women. And we had a very successful salon. Both of them are still in um, in the industry. And we still have close friendships um, to this day. Wow. Mm-hmm. So within five years, you owned your own salon. Yep. yep. After nearly cutting your mother's ear off. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. Poor mom. She was the only ear I ever cut. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> the only one. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. I bet she's really happy she holds that. Yeah. That record. She does. And I mean, wow. it was a brand new set of shears. And oh, God. They were beautiful and they were Japanese. And they probably made a perfectly clean cut, though. Oh, it was so clean, Ken. <laughs> it was like butter. <laughs> it was like. It was like a hot knife through oh cold butter. <laughs> Your poor mom. So, so, okay. So how long did you do that? How long were, are, cause I don't, you're not, are you still in that business? So I still maintain my license as a cosmetologist, okay. um, but I ended up selling um, my salon to go into the product development space. I had been consulting for a few companies. My yeah. wife said, thank goodness. <laughs> Talk, <laughs> talking about that, your mom's the only one. Yes, I know. I know. Oh, my oh. sister was trying to cut my hair way back when we were kids and she cut my hair. She was not a licensed anything. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, that it sucks to have your ear cut. Yeah. Um, so sorry, go back to you. So you you were saying. So I was saying um I, I stayed behind the chair and in the salon owner capacity until uh, probably like 2017. And wow. so prior to that in 2015 is when I had really started getting into product development. Um, I had helped a couple of other companies uh, perfect some skincare stuff that they were working on, taking Mm -hmm. out some of the toxic stuff and the microplastics inside of their products. And I'd created a line of uh, uh, beverages. And so when it became like too much for me, I I have a saying like you can only ride so many horses with one rear end. (laughs) And I was trying to ride too many horses with my one rear end and it became, uh, it became too much. So we ended up selling, um, the salon and I still keep in contact with a lot of my clients as well. Like I still like, will text them be like, you know, Hey, hope you're well, um, miss you and stuff like that. Um, because you know, as hairstylists, you, you are one of five licensed professions in the world where your license gives you the ability to touch people. And when you touch people, you build trust. Yeah. And so it really is such a trusting relationship that people have with, um, with their hairstylists. So I still maintain close relationships with, uh, with almost all of my clients. And so I'm wow. super thankful How, for okay. that. I, I got to bring this up though. Cause I'm, I met, I finally found this, she was a little bit nuts, but she she gave me the perfect haircut, like yeah. the best one ever, right? And like after a year, she meets some sugar daddy and runs off and leaves her job, and 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 I'm like, no, you cannot do this. No, I was yeah. so angry. I'm not. I mean, I was genuinely pissed off. Like, what are you doing? You can't leave. Like, what? Who cares about your needs? What about me? 
And she's like, what about you, Ken? <laughs> I know. I'm like, my hair needs cut. Yes. And anyway, so I remember feeling like, oh my God, what? And, and so what, how many clients, how many of your clients were like, oh no, 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 you can't do this. Yes. Uh, actually, a lot of them were. <laughs> We're like that. They're like, they're like, they're like, can I come to your house? Right. Can I, I, think I, can I just like pay you cash? Like I'll stop using credit cards. I'm like, it's, yeah. it's just, it's not, it's not that it was just, it was too overwhelming. Um, yeah. at that time. And, and as you know, time is our most precious commodity. And that was yeah. another pivot that I had to make, you know, like you, yeah. when I went from an assistant to a, to a full-time stylist, a stylist to a salon owner, salon owner to now I'm selling my business and going into product development. Those are all very crucial pivots. And I think the way that I've, that I've managed to handle all of those, I always had like a system in place. Like when I'm selling my salon, I'm selling it to someone that I know that I like and that I trust. Yep. And I know that they are going to take care of my clients. And there were some people who were like, you know, I really want to go back to one of your old business partners. You know, I want to go, you know, back to this area. If I'm not coming here for you and for your conversation, then I would rather go to this person. And I'm like, that is 100% your prerogative. And I think anytime you make any kind of pivot, in life, you always have to consider the effect that it has on other people. And I think as long as you have a great intention of taking care of them, whether they view it as you're taking care of them or not, um, when you do the due diligence to say, you know what, like this is where I'm at, this is what's going on. And due right. to this, I'm no longer able to be behind the chair, but this is what I have done for you. Here are the options. I'm not leaving you high and dry. You can call, you can text me at any time. I think whenever you do that due diligence, it makes people um, a little a little more reciprocal um, in the okay, I completely understand. So their feathers aren't completely aren't completely ruffled. Right. Wow. Yeah. And that's tough. Making those decisions has to be. I mean, you know, it, it has to be. And I know that. Um, hairdressers, cosmetic. I, I don't know what the PC, right? Is you can call them whatever you want to call them. I don't get offended yeah. by any of them. You know, <laughs> no, I, call me a um, hairdresser, yeah. hairstylist, cosmetologist. Right. Right. Um, you know, you have these, you know, conversations, you, you really get to know your, your, your clients and, mm -hmm. and, um, so I'm sure that it, it's, it's difficult, but so get, so you get into product, like, I don't see how the product development and you said something you even threw, you slipped it in really quick at, at something about it. You formulated a drink. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, okay. How does all that tie in with cosmetology and blueprinting? So because it's this creative brain of mine that never shuts off. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and so um, because you do get to know people's story when you are um, yeah. behind the chair, um, three of my clients um, all under, let me just say, I think every, almost every single one of my clients under the age of 40 who was trying to conceive had some type of fertility issue. Mm. And then three of those clients um, all had done some type of in vitro, they needed fertility treatments to end up getting pregnant. Two of those three are now deceased 
Only one of them is still living. And so, Ken, I just kind of started asking myself, I'm like, why do these people have cancer? Like these girls, like they've got babies. I mean, like they have young children and like, why did they struggle to get pregnant? Why did they get cancer? And so I learned that, you know, pregnancy and the reproductive types of cancers that they had are all part of the endocrine system. And so I'm like, well, what affects our endocrine system? Like the analytical brain is going to work. What is the blueprint for all of this? What is the endocrine system? So the endocrine system controls all of your hormones. It is, it, it, it controls all of your, your, your sweat glands. It controls all of your estrogen, it, testosterone. It controls everything. Wow. And if your endocrine okay. system is out of whack, you likely get something called an autoimmune disease. So, you know, cause your, your body is constantly fighting itself because it's not releasing the right chemicals and the right proportion. And so it's like, well, why is that? Why do some people's work well and some wow. people's don't? And so I realized that a lot of our foods that we eat, this is why it's like very important to me to always eat organic as much as possible. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's something that we call Roundup that you put on it, and there's something in it called glyphosate. And this is coming out like current day in people's urine. And it's a known human carcinogen. And so at first I thought that it was just um the foods that we ate. So then I went on this mission, you know, telling all my clients, like, you need to start eating organic, <laughs> only organic. And I was that girl. Yeah. And um Then one day, one of my clients, she said to me, she said, Rebecca, you are so passionate about food and what we put into our bodies that way. She's like, you even created a line of organic juices um, that are 100% organic. Um, But have you ever considered the toxic nature of the industry that you're in? She was like, you know, I'm in here. She's like, you're coloring my hair. She's like, I smell this. She's like, what are the toxins in the, in the chemicals that, that you are using? And it was just like, I'm like, Oh, I didn't really even think about it because like our skin is our body's largest organ. You know, we don't think about that. It is our integumentary system. It is our largest organ. That's why it has hair. That's why it it sheds off. You know, you, it blisters up. It's our body's first line of defense. And so I just started, uh, started researching, started researching, started putting a couple of formulations together, um, formed some strategic partnerships with other master formulators in, um, in the industry and finally sent myself to formulation school so that I could learn how to create products that I wanted to do. So, (laughs) you know, know, I I guess can maybe I'm like going to school, Rebecca. (laughs) Um, no, because I think if you stop learning, you stop growing. I didn't say, are you going to stop learning? I said, yeah. are you going to stop going to school? Yes, I'm going to stop going to school. Yeah, I'm going to stop okay. going to school. Yeah. That is unbelievable. You see, so yeah. you went to formulation school. By the way, the whole time we've been on, I've been, my wife, right before you and I got on, she walked in and handed me my, you can't see it because of the green screen thing. But yes. It's a green organic smoothie she makes me every single morning with, I love your wife. All kinds of wonderful things in it. It's it's amazing. And then I go have a McDonald's chocolate shake afterwards. And I'm she totally did not hear kidding. that. No, I don't. No, I don't. 
Um, <laughs> she's so, going to make uh, you an extra green juice just for that joke. <laughs> yeah. well, she said that is so cool. Formulation school sounds amazing. She's really, really, really into this. She's going to, yeah. I guarantee you, my wife will be sending you a friend request later today. Oh, um, because I look she's forward really to it. into this. Yes. You didn't get to meet her, but she's, she's amazing. So, um, so, so you went to formulation school. Mm-hmm. You talk about these juices that you, you created and, and all that. That's crazy. So I ended up selling those formulations to a bigger company who had much more capital than I did. And could they, they could afford to put it in uh, their product line and start making 50,000 units at a time. Um, But the concept was simple. Um, If you put too much sugar, like when you, when you go and get a juice, I challenge everybody who's listening to this, whether it's live, whether it's later, walk down the juice aisle at your grocery store turn those juices over and look, you will see that a lot of the juices are from concentrate. And you'll even find that a lot of them have like high fructose corn syrup or color additives in there. And it's like, why do we need to, green is good. Like a green juice is good. And so I figured like, if you could just take something that's healthy, not put any extra sugar in it, actually reduce the amount of sugar that is in it, um, but still make it taste great, then that could be a healthier viable option. And so the um, the formulation firm that I worked with for that, that was at the very beginning. My initial concept was what we see now is these flavored seltzers. And so I, I like to think to myself, like I was like at the forefront of that because I worked with the largest, I, I may not be that, maybe my little, my little rose colored glasses, I'm telling myself, <laughs> but I Here's what I know. I couldn't walk down the aisle at Publix and get a flavored LaCroix prior to me working with this very large beverage firm to create this. This We went from concept to, you know, final product. So, so you're, you're the pioneer. Well, I mean, that's, that's my story that I'm sticking to, Ken. I love, I love yeah. that. Look, my wife's yes. like. Yes. See, Jill, you know. She just said, don't get me started on food coloring and high fructose corn syrup. Campbell's has finally stopped using it in their tomato soup. I know. It's like, why are you putting syrup in tomato soup? Like, it's not supposed to be sweet. Because it makes it taste better. Yeah. It balances, the sugar balances the acidity of the tomato. Okay. So you, I've talked about this with other people on my show, on this show, um, I'm just going to say it. Last night I sat here and I may or may not have had oh yeah a couple of those. Um and I sat here eating those thinking you are a sugar addict, fool. Um how does one how does somebody over which is 99% of America, I don't know if it's that high but um is addicted to sugar? Yeah. You know why that is? Uh, No. Because sugar excites the same exact part of your brain that cocaine does. Mm. It stimulates the exact same portion of your brain. Well, in between lines of cocaine, I'm eating (laughs) M&M's. Stick with the M&M's, Ken. They're they're (laughs) going to cause a little less cardiac issues down the road. (laughs) 
So, uh, okay, I understand that it stimulates the that that receptor in the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, how does somebody overcome that? How does somebody? Because it's a serious addiction, and it, and it I, really is. And carbs, and I think carbs convert to sugar, and um, I think I don't know all this stuff. Yes. You know all this stuff. Um, how do you overcome an addiction to all of this stuff? What are right? What are replacements? Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm a recovered alcoholic with 20 years sober. Um, Congratulations. And, and thank you. And, and, you know, I had to replace it with something which was spirituality and meditation mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, but how do you overcome a sugar addiction? How do you stop consuming it? I think you do it just like you do every other thing in your life that you're dead serious about is you make a decision. So you Mm. start your pivot, you start your pivot with this and you make a decision that I am a healthy person. Not I'm going to try to eat healthier, not I'm going to try to create skincare products. Not like I'm going to try to figure out what kind of job I want. No, you say, I want to be a healthy person. I am a healthy person. And you make that your mantra. Like I am a healthy, I am a wealthy, and I am a wise person. And that becomes your daily affirmation. Stick it on your bathroom mirror if you have to. But Mm. when you start your day out looking at that, like I am healthy, I am wealthy, I am wise. When you start looking at that M&M, you start thinking, oh, that's not healthy. That's not making me wealthy. And that's certainly not making me wise. So- I'm going to lessen the amount that I have of that. And you may end up quitting it completely um, because your body does need sugar and carbohydrates to function. And by no means am I saying to cut all those out all the time. No, I will make cakes. I will make cookies. And I tell everyone, I'm like, don't panic. It's organic. It's organic flour, organic butter, organic (laughs) eggs, organic sugar. Did you just say don't panic? It's organic. Yes. (laughs) Your wife is going to use that too. She's going to make something. She's going to make like this beautiful cake or something. And she's going to be like, Ken, don't panic. It's organic. (laughs) Oh my God. That is so funny. Look, look, look what she's saying. Yes. Jill, I listen, I will tell you the school that I went to is called Formula Botanica. Uh, Jill, I'm not certain how to pronounce her name. They are a UK based school. They are the school behind a lot of your clean beauty brands that you see. And uh, like if you go to Target and you see Bibby Beauty, B-Y-B-I, the owners and creators of that graduated from the same formulation school that I formulated with. So whether you wow. want to do it as a uh, as a business or whether you just want to do it for personal use, I highly, highly, highly recommend them. Well, why don't you just mentor her? I, I could, Jill. I will. So, so talk about um, that because I know that you have your own line of skincare products. Mm-hmm. What else do you have besides that? Yep. So food, fashion, and beauty are my thing. I love good food that is healthy. I love fashion. I love looking cute. I love all things hair, skin, nails, makeup, clothes. I love all of those things. And obviously, I love beauty as well. Um, That's why I created my skincare line. And uh, it's just that that is me. Like, that is me. If you see me out nine times out of 10, I am one of the most dressed people in the room. Uh, you'll either find me in like sandals or heels or wedges, um, not really like a tennis shoes, athletic 
clothes kind of girl. Like I always like dressing. I always like looking, looking cute. And I like to help others do that as well. Wow. That is mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah. So, um, so it was 20, was it 2017 that you sold the salon? Is it that was. Right? Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, look, can like, see, I was vegan for six months. Ooh, now were you raw vegan or were you just vegan? Raw no. vegan is where you eat like nothing cooked. Like, Oh my God. No. Yeah. And, and it was the hardest, most terrible six months of my life. Yes. It was good. Uh, it was good for a lot of reasons, but there were other reasons that it wasn't good for me, for my health, for my intestinal things. Um, but anyway, I, it, it, I do know this, it produced a tremendous amount of energy. Like Mm -hmm. I had like this unbelievable amount of energy. So there is a balance in there that I need to find. Um, probably a lot of other, um, people look, you're, I told you, you're going to be, you and my wife are going to be new best friends. Um, so like, she's I, like one time I, cause I, I take Prilosec every day mm-hmm, for, mm-hmm. for, for, um, acid reflux mm-hmm. and, and one, it wasn't working and we're driving back from Florida to Ohio and, and I'm dying. I'm like, uh, I'm, I feel like I'm, my chest is caving in and like, it was bad. And she's like, you need to let me put, I have some oils I'll, I'll rub on you. And, and I'm like, no, stay away from me with that witchcraft. And she's like, it's not witchcraft, you weirdo. And so, so she, I ended up getting into so much pain that I was like, all right, I'll try anything. If it's not that we're going to the hospital somewhere yes. and, and she put it and, and I'm telling you within 15 minutes, mm-hmm. it was gone. Yes. I'm like, what in the world is in that stuff that it would absorb through my skin and cause me to like, it's unbelievable. So I love what you're doing. I love the natural organic stuff. I don't know if you're into oils or not. Yes. Um, I use, I, would- I use them some in some of my products. Do you really? Yes. yes. Wow. Yeah. Cause I won't use any fragrance. Wow. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding at all. No wow. kidding at all. Wow. 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 So talk about that business. Where, where is it now? How did you grow it? Did it grow? Pardon the pun organically. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes, it did grow organically. Wow. Um, like I said, I've been in the beauty industry for like 16 years now. And, um, I've met a lot of really amazing people. I've had the opportunity to speak on stages to women entrepreneurs. I've had the um, the absolute pleasure of going and working in salons across the United States, helping people become better at blowouts, better at color placement, better at client interactions to help them, you know, fill their fill their books. And I've had the opportunity to meet amazing, wonderful people like our friend um, Tim Story, whom I met uh, almost ten years ago, and. Uh, I was wow. consulting for uh, for a company. He had spoken on a stage um, at a mastermind event, and uh, I loved his speech so much because he he laid out this simple um, the simple strategy, I guess, so to speak. And so it was, you know, like you sit down and you learn, then you stand up, like 
in confidence with your knowledge, then you start walking towards your goal and then you start running, you're gaining snowball traction. And then it's like, you run up that mountain, you run up that mountain and then you soar. And just the way that he put it, I mean, obviously he did a much better job than, than I just did with that right there. But it was, it was that moment when I was like in the midst of that pivot where I'm switching into the product development role, where I realized like, Hey, you have to start getting around better people. And so I've had the opportunity Mm -hmm. to really put myself, um, and, and to earn the way into, into some pretty cool circles of people. So the, the list has grown organically. Uh, my brand has grown organically and it's personally my favorite way to build, um, to build an audience and to build relationships with people. Because I feel like once people get to know you, um, then they, then they like you a little more and then they trust you. And I am really big on trust. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And you're part of, I don't know what capacity you and Tim work together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I join the, um, world shaker society Yes, and you're always there kind of running help running things. So, um, I don't know what capacity you guys work together, but you're in there tight. I know that. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. I I think everybody should know about the world shake and all the men should know about it. It's, it's incredible. Phenomenal, phenomenal society. And, um, I do work hand in hand with Tim and the team on a few projects that, that they have, um, because, one of my, one of what Tim calls blind spots is I'm really good at helping people. Like they say, Hey, I want to, you know, launch the world shaker society. I want to bring it back. I want to, you know, create this mastermind for kids. I want to do that. And I'm like, okay, well, if that's what you want to do, like, this is how you do it. Because I, because I've been a student my entire life and I'll always be a student my entire life. Um, and I just really enjoy helping others that they're like, Hey, I want to do this. Yeah. I really enjoy helping them pivot through the whole process because I'm like, okay, this is what we're doing. This is, this is what we have to do. And so that is, Tim has been so amazing and I'm forever grateful for, uh, for all of the doors that he has opened. But any men that are listening to this, if you are not in the world shaker society and you want to know more about it, ask Ken, or we can connect you directly with, um, with Joseph because it is a phenomenal environment for men curated by men. I help with the membership side of, of things, making sure that things are flowing well and uh, like the whole uh, operations side of things, so to speak. And um, it's a phenomenal organization with phenomenal Mm -hmm. men, just like you can, who are making massive impact in the world. And last Saturday's call, how crazy good was that? I missed it. You have to listen to the replay. Did I you did. get the replay? It yes. It was incredible. Oh my gosh. I, I, I was, I couldn't even believe it. Honestly, it was like one o'clock in the afternoon. I'm sitting here and I'm like, wait a minute. What didn't I, did I, was there something I was supposed to? <gasps> and I'm you? like, it's over. No. Yes. Anyway, it was phenomenal. And I, you know, I did, I, I was at the, the very first one. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's absolutely incredible. It's yes. so, you know, the, the fact that we pray mm-hmm. on these things. Yes. Um, Tim's story is 
one of my favorite humans on the planet. And he's such a leader, such an impactful coach. Mm -hmm. And um, just, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So um, yes, if, if you are a male and you um, want to be a part of this, reach out and, and, and we'll, we'll um, make the right connection. So, so Rebecca, what's, what's, um, what's coming up next for you? Ooh, you know, Ken, it's funny because I was talking about that the other night and I have known for quite some time that I'm supposed to write a book Mm. and I am beginning the process of writing, um, writing a book to teach other people how to, how to, to do the big pivots in life. Like I have done so many times and I've done it with, with success and I've done it with peace of mind more than anything, because I think anytime you go through any kind of change, I've had some amazing things happen and I've had some pretty crappy things happen along the way, but I've always been a glass half full kind of person. Yeah. And any, this is what, this is what I want everybody to remember today. Any breakthrough that you will ever have starts with a pivot. And you pivot your mindset first and you convince yourself, I can do this. I can do this. I deserve to do this. I am an author like me starting to write a book. Like the thought of it at first is like overwhelming, but just like Tim taught in your mastermind that you so graciously hosted, you and Craig hosted in Orlando. It's not always about hitting a home run. It's about hitting the singles. It's about hitting the singles and every breakthrough that you will ever have, no matter what it is, if you want to go from long hair to short hair, (laughs) you want to go from being in the corporate world to being in the entrepreneur world. You want to go from being in the entrepreneur world to becoming an author. All of those require a pivot and it starts with your mindset and telling yourself that you can do it and believing that you can do it as well. Amen. I, 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 I'm sitting here debating whether I should try to coach you on this book thing live or not. Do uh, it. So I'll tell you. Should I get my pen and paper? You don't need one. Okay. This this, this is gonna hit you hard. Okay. And it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna it's it's gonna change your life. Okay. Um, you you saw the bracelets that we gave everybody at the Turn It Up event, right? Yes, I and, did. And the little phrase that was on each one of those bracelets. I did not get to see the phrase, but I saw the bracelets. It says, don't be a little. Don't be a little B-I-T-C-H. <laughs> so no wonder I don't need notes. <laughs> I'm picking so, up what you're laying down. <laughs> that's Grant. That's Grant. Grant Cardone. He, he. You know, I heard him say that he isn't the first person to ever say that, but I heard him, you know, he put it on a bracelet and Mm -hmm. I thought, I love that so much. I'm going to, I'm going to make a bunch of those. Um, And the reason I love that is not because it's a foul word. It's a word that impacts you really, really hard, punches you right in the face when you need it the most for me. Right. So I wear that sometimes just so I can look down at it to remind myself, okay, don't be that. Here's here's the thing. Grant kept saying to me, Grant Grant Cardone mm-hmm. kept saying, write a book. You need to write a book. 
<laughs> I was like, okay, I, I will, I will, I will. You, you got to write a book. You got to write a book. I finally had this epiphany one day and I was like, oh my God, I need to write a book. I need to write a book and I need to write it now, right now. It was a spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. And I literally sat down that I went home that night. I told my wife, I'm writing a book. She goes, cool. I go, yeah, I'm, I'm going up. We had an office off our bedroom. I, I'm going to, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to just write, just leave me alone. I'm going to go up and start writing. That day I started writing and I said, I'm going to have this thing done within one week. Wow. I had it done in one week. And my wife is an editor. So she edited the book for me Mm. within 10 days. It was ready to be published from the moment. I graduate freaking relations and great voice impersonation of, of grant. (laughs) Great I voice love, impersonation. That I was good. Grant. But, but, you know, like, that's the thing is, is it's like anything else. It's no different than those right there. Mm-hmm. It's once you make the decision I'm writing the book, this is how, and, and then just smash the gas one hour a day at night. I'm going to spend writing this book. I'm going to, I mean, and now with chat GPT, you can literally like, like you can get ideas from yes. it. And so, um, I would encourage you to write your book and like to right not now. be a little B. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, Ken. I mean, like, that's funny. just like a gut punch. That's just like punch it right in the gut. I mean, like, <laughs> no, but you know what? I, honestly, it, it, cause I now have written eight books mm-hmm. and, and, wow. and, and like, you know, when you just say, once you do it, you're going to go, what was I thinking so much about? I mean, what? It, just go, just go yes. do it. It's like yes. anything else. So um, real quick, and I, I know we're over time. I'm sorry about that. Um, this has been phenomenal. Can mm-hmm. I, do you have time for one or two more questions or no? I do. Okay. I do. One question I ask everybody. Okay. And I, I, and the number one answer to this is fear. So I'm not going to let you can't say fear. You have to come up with something better. Okay. In life, I believe that, um, having money, Mm -hmm. a lot of money or a significant amount of money, having money is related to being happy. Mm-hmm. I did not just say money buys happiness. I didn't say that. So I don't want to hear that from anybody. I'm saying having money is related to being happy. Mm-hmm. I've been homeless and broke and I've been wealthy and wealthy is better, mm-hmm. way better. Mm-hmm. What do you think in your opinion mm-hmm. stops people from having real financial success? Number one and real happiness and freedom in life. Mm. This is your opinion. Great Don't question. take care. Nope, nope, no, no. Nope. So the first question was what stops people yep. from, uh, and then the second question was. It's, it's really that, that it's the same question. What stops people from, from financial success mm-hmm. and freedom, happiness, the, the whole package, mm-hmm. having it all. Okay. My honest reaction to that is what stops people is their their inability to make a decision to just freaking go for it. 
and to put their hater blockers on, like buy the biggest pair of sunglasses that you can buy, set yourself a goal, put a timeline on it and just go for it. Because the more money that you are able to make, the more impact that you are able to make. And if you can picture yourself going to whatever organization it is in your community that you love, maybe yeah. it's, you know, your local homeless shelter, maybe it's maybe it's a church and writing a check for $10,000, can you imagine what that looks like and what that feels like? Mm. Mm. So many people never they associate money with they they go but they use they misuse a scripture in the bible where it says the root of evil is money and it is the love of money because right. money cannot buy you happiness money cannot right. buy you happiness happiness is a state of mind happiness is walking in your purpose happiness is being on a path that helps others and makes others feel good about themselves you can you can do that with your time. You can do that with your money. And when you combine time and money together, the possibilities are really, really endless to, to the amount of happiness that you that you truly, truly feel. Totally agree. We can make such a a, a, a bigger impact in this world if, yes. if we have money. I, I love what Grant says. He says, um, you know, people walk up to me all the time and go, you know, Grant, not everything's about money. And and he's like, You're broke, aren't you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's only those people that yes. say that. Yes. So, so, you know, I, I, I always ask this too. And, and that is, you know, if somebody called you and said, I've tried everything, mm -hmm. I, I'm at the end of my rope. I'm, I'm, I, I don't even know the point of being alive anymore. I don't know what else to do. My electrics being shut off. I can't mm -hmm. feed my kids. I can't, you know, whatever it is. What do you say to that person to help them realize that it's, it's, it's going to be okay. You're going to, you're going to get through this. It's just get to the next moment. Yeah. So the first thing that I do is like put your hand on your heart, like your heart is still beating. And as long as you still have a heartbeat, as long as that little, that little ticker is still ticking, you have a purpose, you have a purpose and you may be, you're not the first person in the world that is homeless and had your electric shut off. And guess what? You won't be the last either, mm -hmm. but the, the choices that you make in your life from this point forward, they will either continue you on this path or they will push you out of this path. You have overcome homelessness. Yeah. I know quite a, a few other people who have become homeless yeah. uh, and have overcome it. Um, I've been almost homeless um, a, f a few times, bad business decisions, um, putting all my eggs in one basket. And it's, you have to start making different decisions because if you don't make different decisions and take different actions, then you'll find yourself right back in the same place. Wow. Rebecca Black, what is your, what, let me put your website address up so everybody can go find you. What is that? My website address is the rblackreport.com. Rblackreport report r-e-p-o-r-t.com let me tell me if this is right that is that is correct okay um and what's the best social media platform for people to follow you i think i have the biggest following on uh facebook i'm on facebook rebecca hatch hyphen black and mm -hmm. i am on instagram under becca underscore underscore black okay 
Rebecca, you're awesome. I could stay on here all day with you, but I know you don't have that kind of time and neither do I, but um, listen, everybody watching, make sure you go to the rblackreport.com, buy whatever she's selling, go follow her everywhere. And, and you're awesome. Thank you for uh, being here today. No, thank you. The privilege was mine. It, it is a privilege to be with you. I, I knew I liked you whenever I met you in Orlando you. and you. getting to know you even more today. Much yeah. appreciative. Next time, no, no threats of, of swimming pool. None, none. <laughs> I'm going to send you the video, Ken, so you can listen to it. <laughs> oh, it's so awesome. <laughs> Rebecca, stay with me. I'm going to end the live stream, but thank you to everybody who's watched everybody who shared this out. Thank you. If you didn't share this out, you can redeem yourself right now and go ahead and share this out. So yes. thank you all very much, Rebecca. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye everyone. Pleasure meeting Bye. you all.